This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatool back again with you guys for another episode of what is a joint amalgamated kind of mesh together preview show combined with the Canton and Simiu show. I'm very happy to be joined as always by Harry Simiu. How are you doing mate? You good? You well? Yeah, all good man. Looking forward to another busy weekend of football. Um, Can't wait. How about you? How's it going? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's nice to have football twice a week. I was trying to think back, you know, when obviously we went through the period where Her Majesty the Queen passed away and we were without football, you know, whilst it was a painful time for the country, you know, it really was, uh, you know, difficult not having football around. The World Cup is kind of different, I guess, because, you know, you've got football every day, but it's not club football. Are you kind of a bit anxious about the World Cup coming around from an Arsenal content creator point of view? Uh, not really, because like sort of in, in sort of my other work I've, I'm, I'm really busy so mm. I can actually do with the fact that I'm going to get a break from one side of it so it's it's worked out quite well but um yeah I mean obviously you know if, from an Arsenal content creator perspective it, it is a bit frustrating that it's slap bang in the middle of the season mm. normally a real sort of important part of the season as well in which there's lots to talk about there's lots to get into so um, it is a bit weird, but I'm going to be uh, presenting 90 Min's World Cup show from the studio Nice. Um, at least a few days a week. So, yeah, I'm going to be mm. really busy and, and I'm hoping that I can kind of get right into the World Cup and maybe put the Arsenal stuff on the back burner for a bit. Because like at this point, I don't feel really attached to this World Cup. I don't feel excited about it because mm. of the timing, because of some of the other issues around it. But hopefully once it gets started, we'll be able to slip into international tournament mode. Yeah, it's, it's kind of working out around kind of what content is going to happen. Um, you know, obviously we'll be continuing the daily 8am shows, which I imagine will include a lot of updates and regarding how a lot of Arsenal-related players have got on, potentially transfer targets that Arsenal have and how they're getting on as they're playing as well. Um, interesting that Reese James today injured, it seems, for a longer period of time than we expected. Yeah. Do you think this is a great opportunity, therefore, for Ben White to get his rightful chance in that England squad? Yeah, and like obviously from, from a 
sort of a player perspective, you want Ben White to get that opportunity, right? What an honour it is to go to a World Cup. I'm sure it would lift his morale. Um, I'm sure it would give him a boost. But at the same time, from an Arsenal perspective, I'd rather he probably doesn't go. And there was a part of me that kind of, yeah, was outraged that he hasn't been in contention and he hasn't been talked about based on the level of performance that he's produced. But there was a part of me as well that went, you know what? Fine. So be it. Mm. Um, but it, I, I, I say it gives him a boost. How much of a boost does it give him, though? Because he'll know that he'll only be in the squad because of people out. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Interesting. What do you yeah, think? Are you, are you glad he'll probably be going or, or would you prefer Yeah, I am. You know, I was writing about this earlier, actually, around the idea of, of the benefit of Arsenal players going to the World Cup. Because for me, I think there's a greater benefit of those players, one, getting the morale boost of being in the squad. And two, they're not faced with this six-week lull in club football that they're then going to face, this interruption to the season, which I think as a footballer is going to be very, very difficult to kind of deal with um, because it's never happened before, obviously, from this kind of perspective. I know that teams, uh, players that have played in the Bundesliga or in Europe have had like winter breaks before, but this obviously is an extended period to that. So it's tough. I like Ben White a lot and I think that he is absolutely worthy of a place in the squad and I think his performances this season at right back give you know, Southgate, so much versatility for a player. And I was shocked to see him not in the last squad, to be honest, based upon how he started the season. Um, he will, of course, be in the team, as we expect, for the game against Leeds United, which is the reason what we are here to discuss. Um, after the, you know, yesterday's real struggle to watch, you know, it was a struggle for me. I really didn't. I was doing the minute-by-minute minute FL, and it was really uh, a tough one to come up with stuff. And I was like, three minutes gone in the second half. There's a reason why I've not written anything in three minutes sort of thing. You know, it's really tough to kind of come up with something to write about every minute in a game because it was it was pretty dull. Do you think that there will be any kind of hangover from that dogged performance? I don't think so. I think there'll be, you know, wholesale changes to the team. What, three players will probably start, four maybe, that that played against Bodo Glimt. And, and so, you know, the team will change dramatically and you'd expect that, um, you know, that will be something that they can put to one side and, and just focus back on the Premier League. Leeds is never an easy place to go. Um, the atmosphere will be good. And I think I've said it basically ahead of every Arsenal game this season. The start is really important for us because if you go to Ellen Road and you impose yourselves early on, just like we've done in some of our home games and some of the other away games, you can silence that crowd and you can make them feel nervous and agitated. And once you do that, I think you're kind of halfway there. Because in terms of ability, we know we've got more of it. We know we've got the talent. And if we can just curb that atmosphere, which is, I think, the, the big advantage that Leeds have, or the leveller, I guess, that Leeds have coming up against us, then I think we stand a great chance of uh, of getting something. But I'm not reading too much into the Bodo Glimpse uh, performance. The, the result was great, obviously. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed by the display. And on my post-match podcast yesterday, I got a lot of stick for saying that. You know, I expected more. I expected more from some of the players that aren't necessarily in the starting 11 week in, week out and who had an opportunity to stake their claim and basically didn't. Um, you know, three players in particular, you know, stuck out to me. I didn't think Fabio Vieira was very good last night. Yeah. Um, he's been great every other time he's played, but last night he was below standard, in my opinion. Um, I said the same thing about Eddie and Ketia. I, I know the service wasn't there, but I thought he could have done more. He could have put himself about a little bit more. And Reese Nelson was the other one that I was looking at and thinking, you know, you're kind of running out of chances here. You, you've got to mm. take it. I know he's been out for a while and that obviously means I've got some sympathy for him. But 
yeah, I mean, I, I was told I was harsh, but I felt that, you know, I, I wasted 90 minutes of my life last night because it was a really hard <laughs> watch, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it really was. It was tough. I was told I was harsh this morning on Reese Nelson. I, you know, in the morning show, I was very critical of him. I kind of said that I think this is kind of done for me at this point. Like, I just don't see a future in my Arsenal. Um, I was told that, you know, he's just come off the back of a three-month injury. But for me, you know, this is the, that was his 50th appearance, I think, for Arsenal. Potentially 51st appearance for Arsenal. He's been given opportunities, and I just don't think he's taken them. Even the loans, you know, the loan, whilst I thought he was okay, pretty decent at Feyenoord, he didn't capture me in the sense that I thought, wow, you know, like William Saliba, say, did uh, at Marseille. It was never kind of that level of capture. Like, you think he's going to go on to big things. So that was difficult. And then Lukonga, I thought, divided opinion a lot. And then I disagreed with with uh, my colleague Kaya about Matt Turner. I thought Matt Turner was good, but he thought he was fairly kind of average in the game and his distribution was still in question because I thought his distribution was all right. So it seems to be a game that maybe people kind of just went through the motions a bit with and perhaps we all got different views because of the way in which we absorbed the game in, in not particularly the most positive fashion. Um, but hopefully Sunday's game is going to be much, much more difficult to that. Um, thank you to Craig in the chat box. Shout out to these two goats. Uh, we need Canton Simu merch ASAP. 3-0 against Leeds on Sunday. We got any Simu merch coming out, Harry? Is that a thing? Absolutely not. <laughs> I couldn't have <laughs> attempted. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror if I'd done something like that. You released got, a book. We, yeah, we had some fair. we had some Chronicles of Aguna t-shirts knocking about once. I think I might well, have some of that's merch. Are you sure? Yeah, but it's not Harry Simeon merch, is it? No, it's, oh, it's I see. The so, brand, okay, so you can have merch for that. You, yeah, can't you, don't want anyone, you don't want to walk to the Emirates and see someone's got a Harry Simeon, you just you your face on a t-shirt. No, 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 no. You can't do personal <laughs> merch. You can do brand merch, but not personal. No way. I need a Harry Simeon hairline. That's what I need uh, in my life. I have to sell them as merch. Um, <laughs> lovely stuff with the chat box. Uh, Nifemi says, honestly, I think the pitch had a big role to play. You could see all of our players slipping even off the ball. Hence, we couldn't commit as much defensively or attack as comfortably. Um, the biggest question, and we'll look at our lineups that we've chosen because because you've gone for Tierney uh, as your left back for this one. I think the biggest question about who plays this game is everyone else picks themselves. It's just the left back that really is the question. And tell me why you've gone for Tierney over Tomiyasu for this one. I just think Tomiyasu was was selected against Liverpool for a very specific reason, to deal with a very specific threat posed by Mo Salah. Um, and posed by the fact that he was going to cut inside and, you know, he's a real danger. You get some wingers that, you know, often sort of link up with people coming in off the flank and do cut inside. But Mo Salah is one of the few who has incredible end product. Like people have been critical of him at the start of this season. But when you look at his form over the last few years, he is someone very capable of cutting in, having a shot, getting into those positions himself. And he's proven that he can do it time and time again. And I thought that that yeah, as I say, Tommy Asu was selected for a very, very specific opponent I don't think you need to give Leeds that level of respect mm. maybe if Rafinha was playing on the flank you'd have looked at it differently I don't think what they have to offer right now means that we need to be almost obsessed with them and sort of give up something in our own game and I do think that whilst Tommy Asu did a great job defensively I do think we lost a bit of balance going forward down that left-hand side we were really reliant on Martinelli essentially carrying that flank by himself he didn't get the overlaps from the left back. I know we talk mm. about inverted fullbacks quite a bit, um, you know, and, you know, that's a, a feature of our game this season. 
but I don't think we got any overlap in the way that we saw Ben White do sometimes for Bukayo Saka to support him. I just think Tommy Asu, for me, I think he's a great defender, but I do think even when he plays right back, that when he gets into the final third, if he does get there, I don't think he gives you enough. And I think in a game where we're probably going to have the majority of the possession, where we're going to look to impose our style, I think Tierney's the better fit. Great defender, Tommy Asu, mm. but we lack a bit of attacking balance, I think, personally, when he plays in that position. No. What about fair. you? I, I mean, I don't know what you've gone for, but... Yeah, I've gone for the exact same team um, in mine. I'll come back to yours in regards to some other talking points. But yeah, I've gone for the same thing for the same reason. Uh, I, I, I've written a piece that's just gone out this afternoon around um, the tactical side of, of Brendan Aronson rather than Rafinha playing on that right-hand side for Leeds. And if it was Rafinha, I think I'd have more of an kind of an idea to play Tomiyasu, you know, but to, he he actually debuted at left back for Arsenal against Leeds last season when we played against Rafinha and it worked really well. And But ultimately, we only came out of that game as 2-1 winners. And actually in the second half, we kind of lacked a little bit of fervour to, to really take the game to Leeds. And I think potentially the the lack of kind of uh, attacking ability in our fullbacks may have played a part in that. Tierney, add so much more to the forward line than what Tomiyasu does. Uh, I think also that next week when we play PSV and we go up against Gakpo and Xavi Simmons, I think actually Tomiyasu might be more useful to play in a left-back role in that game if Zinchenko's not available, of course. I think that if Zinchenko's available, he starts pretty much for most people at left-back. But when he's out, I think there is a fair question between the two of them. I can see the chat books are already debating this. Uh, Nefemi says, I think Tomiyasu was picked because uh, we expected to stick to a back four, whereas Tini would be used when we want to actually impose our game. Let us know what your thoughts are, by the way, guys, in the chat box as well. Go on, Harry. I also think as well, like, what we've seen quite a bit, especially when Zinchenko plays, is... Mikel Arteta almost say to Gabriel, you're playing as a left centre-back, but you also need to cover that left-back space as well. We saw it against Spurs quite a bit in the first half where Spurs were dropping balls over into the area where Zinchenko should have been, I guess, on paper. And Gabriel was having to come out. And by the time the defence shifts across, allowing Gabriel to do that, you're just giving your opponent a little bit of time to get on the ball. And the one worrying period we had against Spurs I think was as a consequence of that. And I think maybe Mikel Arteta looked at that. There was a lot made of the spaces that Spurs created, even though they didn't make much of it. There was a lot of talk about that. And I think maybe Mikel Arteta felt that against Liverpool, it was too great a risk to allow Gabriel to, to have to focus on his own position, especially with a Darwin Nunez up front with a, mm. a Jota just off of him, because Liverpool had changed system as well. And they've got now four forwards essentially on the pitch at one time. So I think Mikel felt that, it was too great a risk to do that. And so specifically for Liverpool, as I say, Tommy Asu would be a bit more disciplined in his position, wouldn't step into the midfield, but could tuck in as maybe another centre-back. And Xhaka could defend as like a left-back in a back five at times uh, when he would tuck back in. I think it's all about that. I think it's all about the spaces. And, um, and again, as I say, I think Zinchenko occupies different spaces. I think Tierney's more of an orthodox full-back. Um, who's tried to implement that inverted thing into his game of late. Still mm. not sure it's quite there yet, but I just think that the different profiles give us different options. But I, I think, as I keep saying, Tommy Asu, for what we were up against in Liverpool, was perfect. But he is the third choice, and quite clearly for me, when it comes to left-backs, if we're talking Zinchenko and Tierney being fit. 
Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I've just left a quick poll as well in the chat box for those that want to vote. 88% say Tierney, 12% so far say Tommy Yasu. Now, you've gone for Martinelli as your predicted five-star performer. Mm. He has been excellent so far this season, and you're expecting him to carry that form into Leeds. Yeah, and he, he was great at Leeds last season as well, if I recall. He mm. had a really, really good game at Two goals, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he gives us so much at the moment. You know, he gives us an outlet when we're backs against the wall when we're struggling and we need to hit the flanks. He's someone who can challenge for the ball in terms of the physical aspect, but also once he gets the ball at his feet. He, I mean, he's been great this season at bringing balls down out of the air yeah. in that yeah. wide position and then taking them on. He just commits people. And when you're trying to break down sides that are maybe wary of your attacking threat, having someone who just picks up the ball and sometimes he's a little bit selfish and puts his head down and goes, it just draws the attention of, of your opponent and that can create spaces for others. I think his decision-making's got better of late. I still think there's been a few times where I've looked at him and thought, just release it slightly earlier or, mm. you know, don't have the shot, cut it back or whatever. But he's getting there. And every time I watch him, I'm more and more impressed. His intensity as well is unbelievable, not just when we're out of possession and we're asked to close people down, but when he's got the ball as well. You know, he, he doesn't get the ball and sort of slow the tempo down. It's very much, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I think his sort of relentless nature causes defences problems. I think he's been more effective than Saka overall this season, who's had a, a better last few weeks, I would say, and has contributed mm -hmm. more. But I just think Martinelli, for me, is the one that, if I were a fullback, I'd be bricking myself over facing. Yeah, I, I think that he is just taking his game to that next level. Uh, and we need that from a player who's obviously playing on our left flank. And we've got another player who's very young and, and similar to him on the right flank. And so the question around that when you put young players into a team is can they deliver goals? Can they deliver assists? And Martinelli and Jesus and Saka have all done that so far this season. Um, the point... I think we spoke about on your show uh, last week, of which you can, of course, subscribe to with the link into the description, uh, Chronicles of Aguna. We do these alternating every other week on each other's channels. And last week, we talked a bit about, you know, Saka and whether or not he'd been a bit quiet so far this season. And actually, I think it's more so the fact that teams continue to try and mark Saka at the game, but that opens up more space for Jesus and Martinelli to, you know, play their game. Arsenal are no longer a team where you can mark one or two players and then control things. You know, Arsenal have got so many different threats. And I think Xhaka as well has added that on the left-hand side for us too by getting into the box more. Two goals, three assists so far this season. Erdegaard just dictates play and pulls the strings. And if you try and mark him out the game, then we can just create more space with the wide players that we've got and go down the wide flank. So... There's so many options in this Arsenal team to attack. And Leeds so far this season have been a side still under Jesse Marsh that are a little bit Bielsery because they open up defensively. They try to attack as much as they can. They've, I think, scored 11 and conceded 12 so far this campaign. They can be got at. But they're also a threat, Harry, as they showed when they beat Chelsea 3-0. Yeah, and, and the key that day was, was getting the crowd on side, starting well. Um, you know, putting Chelsea to the sword, essentially making it really, really uncomfortable for them. And um, mm. and that's where I think, you know, we, we need to be a little bit more streetwise. Like in recent years, you might have looked at it and gone, you know what, actually, um, you know, let's go there and, and let's, let's keep it tight for the first half an hour. Let's try mm. and sort of feel our way into the game. Whereas this Arsenal side that obviously have a desire to play on the front foot are instead catching people cold. 
And I think particularly when you're away from home, if you can if you can really impact that atmosphere, then then the leveler that your opponent had is is all of a sudden a non-issue. And, um, and, you know, we've all been to football matches. We all know that, you know, people can talk about famous atmospheres here and famous mm-hmm. atmospheres there. But if your team are being overrun, there is an anxiety and a nervousness that, you know, comes across to the crowd and then comes across back onto the pitch. So, yeah, I'm I'm confident that if we start the game well, we can we can deal with that Ellen Road atmosphere. Um, and, and I don't think Chelsea did that. You know, they they weren't bad in the first half an hour or so, from what I remember. Um, yeah, Chelsea, but mm. you know, Leeds kept plugging away, and that's what they'll do. They will try and attack us. Jesse Marsh said as much in his press conference today that you know they'll be looking to impose themselves. They'll be looking to play their game, but in a weird way, I think that kind of suits us because it leaves spaces in behind. It leaves um, you know gaps. If we can beat their press, which they're definitely going to bring, then you know we've got the players now and we've got the firepower that we probably didn't have last season mm. to be able to hurt these teams. I know we won at Leeds specifically convincingly, but you look at some of the games recently and you think we beat Spurs scoring three goals. We beat Liverpool scoring three goals. So even if we're not perfect defensively, we have the firepower to hurt people. And in the last couple of seasons under Mikel Arteta, you can't say that was the case. Jesus mm. has added so much to that. But Saka continues to get better. Martinelli continues to get better. We've got more creativity in that if it's not Odegaard, now it's Xhaka. You know, playing with the two eights has helped us a lot in that sense as well. Um, you know, you've got defenders that are capable of playing the high line that allows us to dominate games, which is what we need. And, and it's all starting to take shape. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think that the, structurally what we're able to do against sides with differing styles, be it a Liverpool that are going to press us, be it a Spurs that are going to try and hit some counter, be it a, Liverpool, a lead side that are going to be chaotic and, and offer different variations of attack and defensive options. I think we've got so many different kind of keys for different holes that we can work out most sides now. I still think yeah. we need to do some more work in terms of you know recruitment and certainly strengthening, but... The certainly the first eleven is strong enough to deal with it, and I'd say you know in part a lot of positions also have a, a backup in terms of Vieira or you know even in the case of Tini now because Zinchenko would usually be starting. Of course, we've got Ben White and we've got um, other players like Tommy Asu that can come in too. Uh, there's players on the bench like Marquinhos who are exciting, and Ketia can still come off the bench and offer us something. So I think there is still options for us. And Smith Rowe, when he's fit, is another player that of course will offer something different too. But there is still time, and I think still needs. Um, in this team to strengthen. We'll see that and cover that a lot more closer to January. I've gone for the same team as Harry did. The only change I've made is that my five-star player prediction is Thomas Partey. I think these are the types of games against open sides like Leeds where Thomas Partey really kind of thrives. I think he really gets on the ball, uses the space to his advantage and can really harm teams with the way in which he kind of turns the ball, turns it over, turns possession uh, and really kind of imposes himself on the game. So I think Thomas Partey will hopefully have a really stunning performance and be an orchestrator at the deep part of our midfield, allow players like Tierney to push further up the pitch and give us that protection that we need it's games like this I think sometimes his performance can go under the radar it certainly did I feel against Bournemouth I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch and no one really talked about him I think this is potentially one of those games we might see one of those performances as well we're going to move to predictions which means that you guys in the chat box get to have your say as well um before we do that though uh some really sad news, actually. I know this isn't football-related, but Robbie Coltrane, I've just learned, has passed away. He's a, he's a big Harry Potter fan. Very sad indeed. So Yeah, uh, I, I've just Go seen on. that as well. I'm, I'm not even a Harry Potter fan. I, I don't even mm. think I've seen 
any of the films in full, but even I know who he is and yeah, the character is iconic. So yeah, really sad news. Yeah, uh, as I say, not football related, but certainly a, someone that will uh, resonate with a lot of people, I'm sure, that do watch this show. So uh, very sad news indeed. Um, but let's get some predictions. Harry, I'll start with you, mate. Give us a scoreline and scorers, please. Scorers as well. Wow. Yes, um, please. Okay, so Leeds United 1, Arsenal 3. I'm going to go for a Martinelli brace mm. and a Jesus goal. He didn't score in the last one, so I think he's due. Yeah, no, fair play. Lead scorer, Bamford. Ooh, uh, Harrison. Rodrigo. I'm going to go Rodrigo. for someone like... Oh, I'm trying to think who they got at the back. I feel like they're going to get us from like a corner. Llorente, uh, Robin Koch. Is he fit? Is, he fit? Is fit? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Robin Koch, let's say. Robin Koch. Um, <laughs> Monetization's just going. <laughs> uh, Vlad in the chat box. Three uh, one to us. Saka, Martinelli, Jesus with the goals. Bamford for them. Jesus, man of the match. Hugh says two uh, 0 Jesus and Saka with the goals. Zeus going for a two 0 uh, Jesus and Saka with the goals as well. Amira says two 0 Arsenal. A bit like Crystal Palace away. Not as easy as we might think, but we'll get the job done. Eddie to score his first Premier League goal this season. Loves a goal against some of his old teams. Uh, Navar going for a 3-1 Jesus, Martinelli and Saka. Uh, Alpha's going for a, a Leeds 1, Arsenal 4 with Jesus with 2 and Erdegaard with 2. ML Reaction says Arsenal 3, Leeds 2. Gabby to score both of them. Oh, sorry. Leeds 1, but 2 from Gabby uh, in there. Leeds going for a 3-1 to the Arsenal. Saka, Martinelli and Jesus and Rodriguez uh, for Leeds. Rodriguez. Am I thinking... Is it Rodrigo? I don't know if there's a Rodriguez for yeah, Rodrigo. Rodrigo, yeah. Lynn. Uh, I mean, Rodriguez might be some kind of distant relative, potentially. But uh, Rodrigo uh, for, for Leeds. Temi going for a 5-0 Arsenal. Um, a Jesus hat-trick. Uh, Saka and Xhaka. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's definitely Jesus, right? It's, I'm swearing Portuguese. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, in yeah. Portuguese, it's, it's a J, not a H kind hey. of sound. Yeah. yeah, Spanish is hey, isn't it? But Portuguese yeah. would be J. Uh, right. Moss, I love this. We're just sitting here as two, two, I was say two English guys, but I've got a Cypri here with me as well, uh, <laughs> trying to give kind of uh, <laughs> all these advice on pronunciations. Uh, Ray's going for a 3-0 Arsenal win. Jesus Brace and Martinelli. Nyamdi's going for a 3-0 Arsenal win as well, which is the same scoreline I've gone for. Somehow, potentially, I think we might keep a clean sheet. It might be a, a, an easier game than maybe some people are thinking it, it's going to be. I'm going for a 3-0 Arsenal win. I hope it is because I'm spending all day getting up there and back, uh, which is a 7 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. day uh, of work, which is going to be a long one. But uh, it's always, you know, I don't take it for granted. And then Harry, myself and you are going to be going down to Southampton as well in a week's time, which could be an interesting. Yeah, I need, I need to work out how I'm getting there as well. I'll probably drive down there. To I'm going to drive. It's not yeah, that bad. I think it's a drive, that one. Yeah, I, I, I did think about Leeds. I was I was asked if I wanted, not, not for work, but I was asked if mm. I wanted to go. And um, I've got to be honest with you, man, I'm so tired. And, and just the idea of, <laughs> of leaving at some stupid time in the morning and then coming back really, really late when I've got work really early the next morning and loads of my work on Mondays around Liverpool, Man City. I just thought mm. I'll, I'll just sit on the couch and watch them back to back. I think Fair enough. lazy, yeah, no. getting old. No, it's a big game in the afternoon, of course. Uh, just before we close, let me get your thoughts on that. But Man City, Liverpool at Anfield, of course. Where are you kind of? Where's your heads at? Do you think that City are just too good at this stage? I think they they're great. I think they're a, a really sort of 
incredible side. And, and people were talking about Arsenal challenging for the title. I don't see it that way just because mm. of them. I think they're, they're so good. And Erling Haaland's added even more to what was already an incredible team. Yeah. As for Liverpool, though, I've got to be honest. I thought they were better last week at Emirates Stadium than many people gave them credit for. Yeah. yeah. People kind of came away from it. They're in crisis. They're in a mess, this and that. I actually thought after we scored within 58 seconds, from then till the second goal right on the stroke of half time, yeah. they were by far the better side, like mm. really dominant. They were in control. They had the chances, um, not as many as they'd have liked, but they did create chances and openings. I thought Darwin Nunez, he started to show people what he can do. I thought that was his best game of the season, actually. 100%. Yeah. Um, so I look at that and I think, okay, you know, and they were unlucky with injuries. Maybe they would argue that some of the decisions didn't go their way against us as well. I think if I were a Liverpool fan, I'd be looking at this game and think this could kickstart our season yeah. because they've got the, the ability to challenge Manchester City and at Anfield, you know, that helps. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for City. I make them my sort of slight favourites, but mm. I think Liverpool have a chance here. And, and if they did win, that'd be a great way to kickstart their season from their perspective, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely it would. Absolutely it would. Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, kind of encounter between them two. If anyone's going to help stop Liverpool, uh, stop Man City, you'd think it'd be one of us or Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, really intriguing game. Arsenal had the chance to go four points clear at the top, of course, because that game is played after we play Leeds, uh, which... Yep if anything, puts extra pressure onto Manchester City, which is what, what we want. There's a lot of fantasy football kind of questions as well. Do you captain Haaland? I think the, the deadline's in two minutes from when we're recording now. So if you haven't already made your choices, you need to get them in quick. For the you record... Him. Would you captain him at Anfield? I don't I've don't. captained him, yeah. I just I think he's. I just think you can't not at this stage. You know, I just think he's one of those that you can't not. A, a friend of mine who's got him and Kane, because Spurs play Everton, he was kind of torn between the two. So yeah. Do you captain Kane at home to Everton? You think probably, but then you just, if you don't captain Haaland, you're just at risk from something ridiculous, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah it's it's a tricky one. It's made fantasy a bit boring, unfortunately, with captain calls, but it is what it is. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Harry, thank you for your time, mate, as always. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, man. And um, hopefully we get all three points at the weekend and uh, we, we move on. Indeed. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. You can find me on the Chronicles of Aguna uh, YouTube channel and podcast. Um, and you can follow me on uh, social media. My Twitter handle is at Harry Simi or on Instagram, Harry, I think, underscore Simi on there. But yeah, there cheers. No problem. Link to Chronicles of Luna is, as always, for these shows in the description. So do go and check it out. I would put it in the title, but Harry's YouTube channel is far too damn long to put into a YouTube <laughs> title. So it has to go in the video description. Otherwise, I'd get no information in my title. Um, but no, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel, of course, if you're new around here with those notifications turned on. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. There won't be an 8 a.m. on Sunday because, as I say, I'm getting up very early to go up to Leeds on that day. Um, someone suggested a potential carpool karaoke uh, between us down to Southampton next weekend. Who knows? <laughs> Stranger things it, Let's do it. We can do a podcast on the road. Yeah, potentially. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, anyway, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Saturday and your Friday evening if you're doing anything tonight, of course, as well. Uh, stay tuned to the show. Stay tuned to Chronicles of Aguna. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute.
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.